What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Get Out of Your Own Way Now podcast. I am actually really excited about today's guest. This is the one and only Sarah Dandishi, or as I call her, Dandy it is, um, which is an inside joke. No one else will get to step with the two of us. But uh, she is a fantastic uh, travel influencer. I don't know if that's the exact right word. I'll let her maybe clarify me on that because it's not quite the same as what you might be thinking. But more importantly, and the reason that I wanted her on this uh, show is two reasons. Number one, I've watched her over the last five years since we met, um, literally apply consistency, uh, not only in her actions, in her content, in what she does, even when she doesn't want to do it, um, and get from a point of basically having like struggling to figure it out to being successful. And so I want you guys to understand what you can do and what consistency over time looks like. And number two, uh, her main platform of engagement and where she has been is Instagram, which I know many of you guys uh, want to know more about just based on the way you've been asking me questions and engaging with the things that I put out there. So I figured, hey, why not hit both with the same interview? And so this is Sarah. And before I, I ask her to chime in, I want to share a quick story. So the first time we ever met was actually at my book launch. Um, I, we were in this, this group together um, with Lewis Howes, uh, which is great. And then she just like rolled in and I had no idea who she was, but she was her super bubbly self. Just like, hi, what's up? I'm Sarah. And I'm just like, hi, like, hi. <laughs> um, and then actually, I feel like we, we kind of chatted through the group, but then we didn't talk for like a while. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know exactly what happened. But I feel like I just like reached out or maybe you did. And all of a sudden it was like, hey, like, we should be friends. <laughs> and, and then we just started like, I don't know, like we, we lived pretty close to each other in, in Los Angeles and we would just meet up and like chat business and what was happening and good, bad and ugly and everything in between. And um, I would count her as one of my very good friends now, someone who's a badass uh, entrepreneur who has done what it takes to get to where she is. And I'm super excited to have her on. So Sarah, say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. Oh my gosh, Bob, that is quite the introduction. And I was just smiling, grinning from ear to ear, just thinking about, oh, look how far we've come. <laughs> I know, right? It really has been. Like I was thinking about, as I was um, preparing for this interview, I was like thinking back to, to that, to when I launched my book, which shares the name of this podcast and video show. And I was like, oh man, like how perfect that my show, which is now five years later, is also tying directly back into my guest who's on the show, who has literally gotten out of her own way. So it's, I don't know, it's perfect. But anyways, um, first of all, I want you to tell everyone a little bit more about uh, who you are, what you do, and um, sort of the space that you operate in. Yeah. So, uh, well, I am Sarah Dandishi, and my background is I, I've worked in hotels for over 15 years. I actually just did the math the other, well, not the math, not the math, but I realized that when I first started in hotels, I was 18 years old when I first started my first job. And uh I also have a background in film and TV. So as social media really took, took hold, it just was, I was naturally just interested in it. So from the start and just from, uh, certainly like the start as, as far as like Instagram booming and, and all these other platforms, I was always very intrigued with it and how I could make a, make a difference on that platform. And, and, all the while staying true to myself. So uh, you can find me online. I mean, my, my actual website is askaconcierge.tv. I am heavily active on Instagram, but I also have uh, uh, certainly a presence on Facebook as well as Twitter. In fact, I actually really pushed a lot on Twitter at first when I first was building my brand. So we can talk about that even. And, and now I also, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but it's also the timing and the timeline right. of exactly. of us as like exactly. we were, you know, that was like hot, you know, um, and it's still hot and useful. So that's not to say totally disregard it because we should people should totally still be playing on there. You just kind of tailor your content accordingly. And then now um, I've been also really big as far as pushing certain parts of my content onto LinkedIn. I mean, that's always been part of my strategy, but um, it's just being mindful as far as knowing who, who and who my audience is on each platform. Wow. I, I think I've, I don't even know if I really even gave a proper introduction to myself. I kind of started diving in there, but I mean, basically I've, uh, you could say that some might say travel influencer. Sure. I'll take that. Uh, there's, I, the only reason why I say sure and not embrace it fully is that I know that there's a lot of negative connotations around the, the, the notion of an influencer and uh, what I do and, and sort of why I've almost even shifted the, the verbiage to being travel expert is at the end of the day, that's what I am. You know, it's not just like, oh, you know, cute girl traveling places, taking pretty photos. Okay. Does the platform respond to that? Sure. But at the end of the day, the content of what I put out there, there's substance to it. And I think, and I don't think, I know a lot of that is reflective of my years of experience as a professional. Um, yeah. in, in and the no, town. you are, you absolutely are. You are an expert for sure. That's a, that's a much better terminology for it. I was, when I was writing the post asking people about this, I was like, do I call her? Like, I actually like struggle. Like, do I call her? But I didn't know what the, like, cause so just so you know, like if you guys don't follow like travel influencers or what that is for like, like she said, a lot of that is just people who travel around, take pretty pictures and say, look where I am, which is very much not what she does. Um, you know, it's very, what you do is very, very different. And I think that's actually, I, I would say it's almost part of your success really is because it's not just the same old as everybody else. Well, 100%. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Instagram is a visual platform. So it, you have to have good pictures. So that is part of it. It's not to say just put crappy pictures up and like hope for a miracle to happen. Like that's not going to work. Like you have to play the game of Instagram and, and with, by the way, any platform, be it Twitter, be it TikTok, be it Facebook, you know, it's really important if there's, if there's a platform that you're really wanting to dominate, it's really important that you sit there and you watch and you see what's working for other people. And then you don't just blindly follow that formula. Actually, just commenting on one of the comments on your post on Facebook, uh, somebody was asking questions and somebody then responded, well, Bob has all those answers. And I was like, Bob has answers of what he does but my answers are different than what Bob does. And it's not to say that, there, first of all, there is some overlap, but you know, when it comes to a formula, you know, there are certain things that apply, but as far as the specifics, it's totally different for, for each of us. So I think that that's really important is that, you know, you can study formulas, you can see what works for other people, but you have to make it organic and natural to yourself because really at the end of the day that's what people are responding to it's they're responding to authenticity and uh we can dive into this a little bit more later but you know for the longest time i shared very much of my professional self and i've worked in hotels and you know i wear a suit to work i wear a name tag you know that's a very specific type of professional front that i share with the world 
But, and so there, that bled over into my brand and it makes sense, especially as I'm building the brand and that is who I am. But then, you know, as stories came about and, and other different, different things as I played around with different videos, I, right. you know, there was professional Sarah and then there would be people that would see behind the scenes Sarah. And I'll never forget when, um, a, who's now a good friend of mine had chimed in and he's a very respected individual in the travel industry. He was like, He's like, I really liked your stuff at first because, you know, you're articulate, you know what you're talking about, like you put on a good face. He's like, but then I started watching your stories and he was like, you're really freaking weird and I love <laughs> it. And it was great, you know, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to be offended. Call me weird, whatever. But it's like once people got to see all the layers of the onion of who we are, it now gave them a different picture. You could even argue a more holistic picture as far as who I am. That's like, okay, there's a professional side and there's a certain way that I conduct myself and this and that, whatever. And then there's, there's the other side that's a little bit weird, a, little, a lot bit quirky. And, <laughs> and you know, people respond to that because at the end of the day, I'm just showing up. And um, So let me I, ask you a question about that. Yes, please, like, please. Um, okay, so... You, you, you talked about, hey, like I put on this professional front. And so I know a lot of the people who follow me and, and would be watching this right now uh, are very, I'll say concerned or maybe worried might be the better word for it. That, hey, like if I present something that's not professional, is it going to look bad or reflect badly on who I am? And so how did you sort of get out of your own way and saying, let me try this and see what happens? Or were you like, was that not how, was it not a try? Was it just like, I'm just gonna do this and, we'll, and that's what it is? Or like, what was your thought process behind getting to sharing more of your personal self and more of the fun Sarah or weird quirky Sarah versus professional Sarah? So that's a great question. And, and that's, I, I love that you say that because I think that really ties it in. Yes, I may not do the same job per se as a lot of the people that are listening, but I do this. I am the same in that I do have a profession and a profession that, you know, I've actually won awards in and I've, I've, I speak on stages. Like there's, there's a level oh, she's of being, she's being modest. She, oh. she, you're, you're being modest. Yeah. But I, you, <laughs> you can say what that is, but I mean, as far when it comes to being a professional, like that is the world that I played in. So how it, it became like, how does one bring that to life online? And what I discovered very early on, just in social media in general, is that the people that are watching you on social media are pretty forgiving. So long as you don't do anything blatantly offensive or awful, like if you're going to go on there and start spouting like really hateful, awful things, they're really, they're really um, forgiving. And why, to just chime in on that, what I always say is what, it's almost like, it's like real life uh, karma. What you put out there is what you get back. I don't get hate comments or anything. I don't get overly sexual comments or anything. And it's because I don't, that's not what my content is. My content is professional. My content is positive. And the sliding scale as far as being professional and buttoned up, but then also being relatable. And at the end of the day, you can be relatable and it can still be professional. You know, what I say is that whenever it comes to putting something online, it, 
like, would you be embarrassed if a client saw this? You know, and I use right. that as That's a, a great, like, yeah, like, perfect. would you be, because here's the thing, the clients, like you're a person, like a client can see you cooking in your kitchen, like whatever. I'm not saying that that's what you want to do. I mean, I don't cook as everybody knows. So that's not part of my content, but, um, but you know, it's like, that's not offensive, but it can show insight into a little bit more about you. If that's something that you're passionate about. So I would think of it like in that lens, as far as, as where you should kind of like, but your the parameters and what you should play in. Okay. Now, then that being said is that people want a little bit more of the behind the scenes. And so going back to your question, I, I discovered early on that so long as it wasn't offensive and people like really made a, a bad impact, I could try something and what's going to be the case. Worst comes to worse in 24 hours, people are going to forget what you even did. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like at the end of the day, like we're not, like it's different, I think, if like you're a big, massive celebrity and like everything is, but that's a whole different conversation. But it's like, as you're building your brand, like people are going to forget about it in a day. So that being said, that's why, A, you need to be consistent and post every day because they're going to forget about you in a day. But B, it's also forgiving. So get out of your own way and try different content. I have a whole series of me dancing in front of murals. Why? I did a photo shoot. And as a joke, when they were taking a photo, I just started dancing because I'm, again, I'm weird. That's and just then who I was you like, are. That's who I am. But I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm a travel professional. I share travel tips and insights. Me dancing in front of a mural, by the way, has nothing to do with that. But let me just put this out there and just see how people respond. And people were like, oh my God, we love this. And why yep. do they love it? They love it because it was just me being authentically me. Now, is it directly related to me being a concierge, me sharing travel advice? No. I mean, I could get a little creative and kind of tie it in. And it's like, you know, and now we see that there are art tours and mural tours and different cities. So I can kind of tie it in now in a creative way. But at the time, I just was like testing it. You know, so I think so often people have this fear of like, oh, will it do bad? Who cares? Like, who cares if it does bad? Do something else. The that's, next the, that's the perfect. That's like the best advice. Like, who cares? Because like you like, said, it's going to be forgotten about in 24 hours anyway. It so is. Who cares? it really is like we have such short term memory. Like nobody cares again, unless like you're making this massive, like negative ripple, like just give it a try. And so very early on. It's, there wasn't this fear. There's no failing. Like, okay, fine. Who and, and that's, that's, you know, obviously there's also a game to Instagram, a game in the sense that like you want to ultimately increase your numbers, increase your followers, increase your engagement. I'm not saying that I'm not mindful of those things, but I don't let that dictate solely what I put out there. Uh, now, that being said, if people respond positively, to something that's like, cool. Hey, I'm putting out something that maybe people want to see more of. And I think that that's a positive shift, but I don't let it hinder me um, or let me hold myself back from trying something new. Cause like it's, it's makes media. sense. Like it's totally makes sense. Uh, let me ask you this one. Is your account a business account? I assume. Yes. Okay, perfect. So guys, I want you to understand something about this, right? So what she just said is really important. I think aside, I mean, everything she just did was important, like hey, be yourself you. and, and just give it a shot. But um, 
understanding too what's working well, right? So I think that's huge. It's something a lot of people don't spend the time doing is saying, let me go back and actually look at the metrics of what was doing well. And one of the hardest things that we can, especially as um, if you're, as you're focusing on maybe growing your account, it's like, oh, look, this post got 2000 likes. That one only got 1800 likes. But when that one got 1800 likes, I had maybe less people following me. So you have to understand not just the overall numbers, but all of that. And that's why it's important to have a business account for your Instagram, because those insights that you can get, that you can pull down from that are what are going to really help you make better decisions about what kind of content is my audience even relating to. And like, like Sarah, maybe dancing in front of a wall is not, you know, you're like that, the thought of that to you right now is terrible terrifying, then don't do it because it's, it's, a, right. but be, do something, right? Just be different. Let people see who you are. Like, you know, and, and I, I did a video on YouTube a little while ago about how to be authentic online. And if you haven't watched that, go back and check it out. But it's just about letting people see who you are. And I think that that shows through so importantly right now, way more so than anything else. 100%. And it's funny because even in this time of, uh, quarantine and staying at home, you know, a lot of my content has shifted. And at times I'm like, oh my gosh, first of all, A, I'm chiming in from my sofa every day. Like, <laughs> here we are. Welcome to Dandishy headquarters. It's just me at home. But like, uh, hello, we're all in the same boat together. And it would be extremely, um, it just, it wouldn't be appropriate. And it would be just wrong if I were trying to continue to go out and travel because and for, for what sake or to even live in in all of that and you might even be coming you might even ask this question but staying at home this whole period has actually allowed me to shift my content in such a way that I'm so proud of it and to be like whoa I'm like pr like I am so excited like I I'm even almost more excited than before and i'm here in my living room party of one so, so so tell me more like what 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 did you shift how did you shift what are you doing because okay. so again i know a lot of folks that follow me are real estate people um which fortunately for most of them you know real estate's been classified as an essential service so they haven't had to completely shut down their stuff um but i know for a lot of folks that i talk to that that's not the case right that they're you know uh, i have a, a client in la um that owns a well like a, a bunch of them actually that own wellness centers all over la and you know they're completely shut down they can't have anybody in there so what are you doing like what has that shift been what does it look like for you and how is it has it positively or negatively impacted your uh instagram account and growth and your followers engagement and things like that yeah no this has been a really exciting time and to just chime in on what you just said um even though you know, for those of you that are in real estate and are still going to work because it's still an essential business, there will be a time at some point where business, you're all entrepreneurs, business come ebbs and flows. Okay. There are quiet times, maybe, you know, so you may not be forced to quote unquote, stay at home per se, but at some point, just due to the natural course of, of business and the economy, there are slower times. So it doesn't have to be this exact time period, but this might be food for thought for um, at some point in the future where business is slow. So that being said, just to kind of like tie it in um, for you guys. Um, but so that being said, uh, so I, I work at a hotel part-time just to kind of keep like relevant as far as uh, the content that I share. And then I also have my own business. So most, most of my income, my life and everything is from my own personal business. And, um, and then I also work at a hotel. So that being said, I lost a job at the hotel 
officially became furloughed, unemployment from that. And then I also lost all of my projects um, in the travel space, as far as working with bigger brands, you know, working with Marriott, Norwegian Cruise Lines, et cetera. All the big names that you know that are like, uh-oh, that you're hearing about. They're not doing anything anymore. Uh, they're, yeah, they're definitely having a lot of challenges right now. So everything came to a screeching halt. Um, in all, and as much as I thought I had diversified, I was like, well, yep, didn't diversify enough. It's all in travel and it's all being impacted. And so as that happened, of course, like everything's shutting down. The pandemic is happening, news and this and the travel industry. And it's like, was this bombardment? bombardment from the news, from social media, from Twitter, you like all it was is travel, this, this, whatever, and these talking heads. And quite frankly, it was too much. And for me, I was like, at the end of the day, I don't need to talk for the sake of talking. Like I, I, that's not what drives me. And I was seeing these people that are just yapping and I'm like, just shut up. Like, shut up already. <laughs> like, you know, and it was so annoying. And I was like, if I look at them and want to tell them to shut up, I was like, I don't want anybody to look at me and say, shut up. And I'm sorry for being so like, I don't know, just those are kind of, I feel like it's a little bit aggressive words there, but that was like what I was really no, feeling. It is. And, it is. I didn't and by, by the way, guys, to- like, so this is so important. Like what, what she's communicating is not necessarily like maybe the words are strong or whatever, but it's, it's the point, right? Like if that's how someone feels, you know, we always hear that phrase as, you know, they'll forget what you told them, but they'll remember how you made them feel. If they're going to your social account and they're just like, oh God, just shut up. Like if that's how they're thinking or feeling about your content, are they ever going to come back? Are they ever going to follow you? Are they ever going to engage with you? Absolutely not. So that's totally valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, and I didn't want to fall into that. And so what I did is, I mean, obviously, you know, part of my business is like, I have to constantly, I mean, I have to continually post, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of breathing room and I I relax a little bit, but so what I did is I, I continued to post, but I kept it just very basic, very neutral. So I still had a presence. So I was still posting, still had a presence, And I sat back and I just watched and I was seeing the ping pong of this opinion, that opinion, ding, ding, ding. And okay, fine. And I I watched and I'm like, okay, like what's the conversation out there? And especially in this particular case, everybody was going on about the travel industry because it is the biggest industry that has been impacted um, through this. I mean, obviously many other industries, but this is certainly taking a beating. And so I was like, okay, well, let me like see what I can find out. And I started... I'm like, okay, well, I know hotels pretty well and I have, I'm connected there, but I started interviewing pilots and travel agents and, and other people so I could get a better sense on the industry as a whole because it has many sectors within it. So I started kind of educating myself. And then as I was looking at it, I'm like, in the travel influencer space, they were just taught, I just kept seeing, oh, I can't wait till I can travel again. And this, and I'm like, that's so shallow. Like, uh, duh, we all want to travel again. Like, that's like, I mean, it just is, it just is like ridiculous. It, you know, it's like, there's certain things that right. are just like given, right. like everybody likes pizza. Like everybody likes to travel, whatever. Yeah, we get it. Tell me something new. You know what I mean? I know like, like one person who hates pizza, one. Yeah, there is. And there are people that hate travel. So, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, oh, wow. 
you know, you know, oh, you like travel? You miss travel? Wow, that's novel. And I didn't want to participate in that conversation. Who cares? And I don't want to, I didn't want to participate in a conversation of longing or because at the root of it, there was something, it wasn't positive, you know, it was, and for me, what drives me is, is knowledge and power, well, not like it's not power, sorry, knowledge, because knowledge gives you, empowers you and in being empowered, it's positive. Right. So empowerment so that's more than power what, itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Empowerment. And I wasn't trying to say power. I was trying to find my words there. Give me the power. Yeah, obviously, I, we know that, that that's not <laughs> what I, <laughs> drives me by any means. But so it was like, how can I share knowledge to empower people? And so uh, there was nobody really sharing like updates as far as what's happening in the travel world and dissecting it to what it means to both travelers and what it means to both people in the travel industry. And I'm like, there's nobody talking about this. So all, I'm like, you're all of you people that are out there that are your travel influencers and you're talking about, wow, 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 I can't tra like, travel. I was like, no, let's go beyond that and see, okay, hey, we're looking at these numbers and it's really interesting that we're seeing, you know, for example, like now, wow, China has already become opening back up, has already started to open up back up. So if we can look at China and see these bounce back rates, granted, you know, there are a lot of factors that go into it. What can, studying those numbers, what can those numbers tell us about the future? Because if we can get some sort of idea on the future, we can better navigate it. And for me, I just find that super interesting. And that's far more a productive use of time as opposed to sitting home and whining about why you're not in Bali. Like, you know, it's just. <laughs> no, that makes sense. And so it goes back to basically what you did. And this is a concept that's taught a lot in the internet marketing space called red ocean, blue ocean. And, and the idea goes back to, um, you know, when, when you first start something, right, you're in a blue ocean. Let's say you're going fishing, you, you throw some chum in the water, it gets a little bit red and attracts the fish and the sharks and whatever. And then everyone's like, oh, it's look, it's working. So everyone does the same thing and the ocean becomes red because everyone's doing the same thing. And so you said, everyone's doing the same thing. How do I go someplace else and do something different in a similar way or in a similar space or niche? And so uh, for each of you listening to this right now, what is it that you're talking about? What are you following? What are you seeing? And how can you do something different? So for example, if you're in the real estate space, everyone's talking about, you know, either how hard it is because they can't close deals or people aren't buying or how easy it is. Well, can you talk about, well, what, what does that mean for um, title companies, attorneys, contractors, all other folks in the space that are, are doing this? I think that's literally what you did, which is genius, by the way. Like that's just because it's different. It's new. And it's something that people want. If everyone's doing the same thing, it gets boring really, really, really quickly. Well, and that's the whole thing is, is that what I really found early on in, and that was kind of how I stumbled upon even creating my brand is, you know, somebody was like, do a video on like something you're an expert on. And I was like, Oh, what am I an expert on? And then I was like, well, I guess I talk about things to do in LA because I'm a concierge, but nobody's going to want to um, pay attention to that. And I was wrong. And that goes. So quite often, I know, I know you're excited. So that's know, the whole point is that quite often what we're an expert in, we overlook and we don't fully understand the full power of the knowledge that we have. So if you really tap into that, so if you have challenges and if you've, if like at work that you've been able to kind of like circumvent or get like, that's useful information. 
What were you going to say, Bob? I'm throwing it back to you because you got excited about that. Oh, I, I did. So I actually, I, I, I want to, uh, I'll say transition just a little bit because this is perfect timing. You said when you first started, someone told you to post a video about a little bit about what you know, right? Now, again, um, not everyone listening to this, but a lot of people listening to this either don't have Instagram right now, or if they do, maybe they have one or two posts, they haven't really done a lot with it. And so when you started thinking about beginning, you know, your Instagram account from a, from a business standpoint, from a, Hey, I want to build something standpoint. Like, what was your, like, what was your mindset then? Like what drove you to say, this is what I want to do. And then I want to dive in. I have more questions after that, but we'll start with that one. Um, it was kind of almost backwards, just in the sense that like I put together this video and then when I saw, so I was taking actually a writing course and the instructor was like, do a vlog on whatever you're an expert in. So I was like, I guess I'll do a vlog. I guess I'll call it Ask a Concierge. I guess I'll talk about things to do in LA, whatever. It's an assignment. I do it for six weeks. I'll get over it. <laughs> uh, how many years? Eight years, like, how many? eight years later, eight years later, it's turned into a business. And if the, as soon as I remember sharing that first video, which actually still exists online, and you can look at it if you want to see me in a horrible scarf coming to you live from my bedroom at the time. Um, when I saw their reactions, it, because basically I had a narrow, I had a narrow vision on who I thought would get value out of my video. So this is really important. Uh, I thought well, only people traveling to LA will want to learn about what to do in LA. But I was sharing the video with six people in a room who all lived in Los Angeles. I'm like, they're not going to care about tours, whatever. And seeing every single one of them be, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh, and I have this idea and this. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, you live in LA, but you find tips on LA interesting. And now all of a sudden I was like, oh, wow. I have a broader audience. And then as I would share more, like a little bit about a hotel or this, then next thing you know, I have like hoteliers that are interested. And then it, it just grew. And I think the biggest thing is, is that all too often we get in our own way because we have a limited expectation on who might find our content interesting. And I don't think we do ourselves, we do ourselves a big disservice by limiting who we think finds our stuff interesting until you put it out there and until they tell you they find it interesting. You just don't uh, know, right? You never know, right? Yeah. It blows my mind. Um, and, and this is the other thing too. Even, even if someone doesn't always find your content interesting, it still blows my mind how many people see my stuff that I don't even know about. Because mm -hmm. they'll, like, they'll see me someplace or, or on a phone call. like, oh, yeah, I saw your post. I'm like, oh, you did? You know, it, it's crazy to me how many people really actually see your stuff when you think about it. Oh, totally. And, and then it evolves over time, you know, so definitely my content at the beginning, you know, being far more of like travel advice and things to do in LA. And then as I started growing and I started working with bigger brands and partnerships, then I started covering different destinations. And so in essence, it's a very B2C, you know, sort of, sort of playground. Like I'm, I'm creating content for travelers in essence. Uh, but then as I would toss in, different things about the travel industry, like for, as a hotelier, <laughs> also surprised there because I'm like, eh, the travelers might not find this content so interesting because they don't work in hotels. Um, but this will be content that's more applicable or more interesting to hoteliers. 
Well, lo and behold, surprised again, the number of travelers that were like, oh, cool, because I've now almost opened the door and let them see a little bit of behind the scenes of a hotel. So now they're also interested because they're like, oh, that's kind of different. You're not just talking about the amazing breakfast buffet that I can have there while overlooking the Aegean Sea. I'm like really <laughs> making stuff up now. But like, but they're Sounds like, Sounds delicious. Oh. Where do I go? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm making it up. <laughs> um, but then all of a sudden, you know, they're seeing a little bit more behind the scenes of like the operations. And we've seen this. We see it in TV. We, like people want to see the behind the scenes of like the things that we know we're fascinated with like what happens like below deck or behind closed doors right so to kind of break that I mean, down those entire tv shows about what goes on behind doors and below like literally it's a show called below deck, below like, deck. literally exactly. <laughs> you know exactly. um and and look i was actually it's funny i was just on a conference the other day and i was teaching guys like you're gonna go shoot a video shoot the fact that you're shooting the video, mm-hmm. right? Like think, think about when you go, when you go buy, you know, DVD sets or Blu-ray sets or, you know, whatever. Now um, that's you know, starting to show my age saying buying DVD. At least I didn't say VHS sets. No, um, at least you didn't. <laughs> um, but you know, you buy Blu-ray, right? It's never just, Hey, buy the movie anymore. It's buy the movie and all the extended scenes and the behind the scenes and the director's Always. cut and uh, talk to the director and the actors and, and all this other stuff. And people like people love that stuff. So if they love it there, why wouldn't they love it with what you're doing? We love blooper reels. Are you kidding me? Like some of my behind the scenes, well, there are two, and there are two aspects to it that people really respond to with blooper reels or behind the scenes. A, it's the authentic part, you know? So again, you're literally giving them a slice of life of what, what happens behind the scenes. But then also B, it, it lets people know like how much work something takes. Like for example, I'm right now, I'm pr- producing two videos a week and the amount of time that it takes for me to research my content then I have to write it into a script format. I send it to somebody to at least like review the script format to make sure I'm not crazy. Then I like have to <laughs> record it. No, cause you know, you have to have yeah, somebody like checks and balances, like especially now, like I'm living in this silo. It's myself in my like one bedroom apartment. Like I can, it can get crazy. So it's like, I have to like make sure that I'm like, did I go too crazy right now? Or like, is this like in line? And, yep, yep. and then, then I have to film it. And then, and that also, by the way, you know, people are like, oh, it looks so good. It looks so perfect. It's like, yeah, that took 20 takes. Yeah, that took (laughs) 50 takes. Yeah, that took so many takes that I lost the light and I had to reshoot it again the next day. Reality, (laughs) reality. And that's, that's true. Like I shot something last night and then some guy started blowing leaves over there and I was like, well, there goes my audio. Like, and now I have to shoot today. So I mean, these are all the, it's the not sexy side of it because they see, they see the finished product. And I think that that's how you can really pull in people is that, and that's how you play with the being professional. We, we know how to be professional. We know how to prevent or to, to present uh, a sexy exterior. That's what we do. Whether you're, it's homes, it's this, it's your, your professional self, but giving them a little bit of the inside as far as the work that goes behind it people respond to that. And that's why I don't have to show butt photos. That's why I don't have to do (laughs) half naked photos, which by the way, you know, I know that it's easy to roll our eyes at that, but like, you know, if that's what they're doing and that's like their authentic self at this point of in their lives, like whatever, let them do it. Like it is what it is. Like I can't be concerned with whether so-and-so has a bikini picture of themselves because 
like that's just not relevant to what I'm it's not relevant yeah. to my conversation no, and I want everyone to understand too like when we talk about this there's a there is a lot of that on Instagram and this is not yeah. to say that those people are wrong for doing it it's just that's what their account is um, but I want everyone to understand that that's not the only way to have success on Instagram like I don't think that you ever posted a picture like that that I know of at least um, there is a bikini picture but it's in a carousel and you have to slide through like six photos to get to it <laughs> okay so there's one okay one Good luck. Of, in like Good eight luck years it. send like me a years. DM if you find it send me a DM if you find it challenge <laughs> <laughs> oh, throw down here we go um, but no I, what I want what I want all of you to understand is yeah there's a lot of that on Instagram and that's fine for those folks it works for those folks but it's not the only way to find an audience that in, will engage and grow with you sure it's one way but it's not the only one yeah i mean and it's also think about it it's in essence it's like a modern day cable network you know what i mean and we're in charge of our own channel which is to me extremely liberating and exciting because we get to choose what we put on for people to watch and so that being said just like with cable like you're gonna have people that are gonna want to watch like the X-rated stuff and this and that. That's just part of society. But then you also have people that like- Skinamax, Sports Illustrated, and then everything else. <laughs> totally. Yeah, but you know, and so I'm not going to knock that because there's a place and time for it. Do I need to Clearly participate there is. in it? No. There... <laughs> and do you guys listening? No, unless you want to. Exactly. And so it's like you choose. So just as like how we choose what we consume via flipping through like channels or on Netflix or whatever it is, People have the opportunity to do that online. And at the end of the day, you know, it, even like working with brands, like it's about quality and it's about who you're, and, and yes, we can get, and brands actually have figured this out. You know, brands are not only just into the people that have 2 million followers, like they very much realize, and that's why the term has come up in the past um, couple of years, micro influencers. Brands realize that you don't have to have 100,000 followers to be influential. That somebody that might have 20,000 followers, 10, 5,000 followers, if those 5,000 followers have a really engaged group of people that are your exact demographic, that's important and that's valuable. So I think to all too often people put these, um, the, the vanity the, metrics above everything else ex vanity metrics exactly exactly and it's that's only part of the picture and also uh, just a side note on that because you kind of mentioned this earlier as far as engagement and gr as you grow but also keep in mind that after a certain point not to say that there's a certain number but after a certain point uh your engagement decreases in, in essence, it's as like, a percentage of, of as a whole. percentage of your people. So for example, if like for me and when I was at 10,000 followers, like I would have things that would be 5%, 7% engagement, which is like really high and awesome for me to get like a 7% engagement now is like, that's crazy. That's so would be so tough. So there are, and brands know this and companies know this, that it's like, now it's more of like the 3% range. And it's like, and I mean, cause even if you look and you did the math on somebody that has a million followers, um, the num their engagement, like it's a smaller percentage. So yeah. those are it's all a smaller percentage of a bigger number. So it's still bigger people overall. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Okay. So let me dive into some, I want to dive into some maybe more nitty gritty questions that people are asking. Cause I think these are going to be valuable to a lot of folks. Get but nitty gritty, get dirty. Let's, let's do it. Um, <laughs> that 
Yeah. Okay. That. See, now this is great blooper reels. Perfect. <laughs> That's how is that even a blooper reel? You keep this in, buddy. You're saying getting dirty, and then we're. we're I'm saying let's let's do it. Let's. Uh, it's yeah. We're we're there. But this no, is it. This is this is not getting edited out. This is 100% staying in. Yeah. Of course it is. But we can also put it in blooper reels too. That's the best part when you have bloopers that are also legit. This is true. We have to keep it authentic though. So bring it. Absolutely. Okay. So do you have like a, a content posting schedule? How frequently do you go out there? Do you do lives? If you do, how often? Like, tell us a little bit about your strategy in terms of how often you're posting and what you're posting and why. Not necessarily the specifics of each post, but like, is there a theme behind them or, or a topic or whatever? Yeah. So, I mean, there are a couple things. So when it comes to, so I try, I, what I, in general post every day, now I've kind of like given myself a little, I have a, a little bit of a break and I'll generally take one day off, like probably Saturday or Sunday, just cause I'm like, I can't, I like, I just need a, a little bit of a breather. Um, I do have content calendars. I'll be really, so here's a couple things on content calendars and planning it out. I think it's super useful at the beginning and even your, as your business grows, you probably can continue with it for myself. Uh, I have like concepts and ideas of things that I want to touch on, but I, this is so bad. This is so bad because this is, this is anti, not anti, this is against what everybody tells you, but this is what works for me. Um, I write my posts every day, unless it's a sponsored post and it was pre-written because it had to be approved. Um, but I write my posts every day. Like the one I posted today, I was like, oh shit. Eh, hmm. And I put it together. And the reason why I do that is because to me, if I pre-schedule too many things, it starts to feel canned. Um, but that's for me. Uh, but there is absolutely value. But I've also, I do, by the way, what I'm saying does make it more difficult. <laughs> so I am making no, it No, it does. It does. Well, so let me ask you this. Okay, so you, you post every day. Um, aside from the actual time to create the content, because I get that that can go, a lot goes into yeah. that. But the actual time to make the post and put it out there, how long does that take you roughly? I'm like on average. Mm, I have like a good... Uh, I, I would say 45 minutes to an hour, 32, 30 minutes to an hour, just depending on how, like, like where my thoughts are that day. So, um, also the, the, there's a lot to it. So it's like, I put it out. I also will like, let some others know like, Hey, I've put out a new post as well too. So it's like, there's like a whole process to posting. Right, right, right. Um, and so it's like, it's, and then if I take that, I'm like, cool, this is great content. And then um, I like to share versions of it on other platforms as well too. So I'm like, hey, I'm here, I'm in the mindset. Like before I shift to like the next part of my day, let me just- So that's like, kind of 30 minutes to an hour is for you to do, to hit it pretty much everywhere that needs to get hit. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm doing, yeah, just about. And it, it, the hour will be, it's a little bit longer if I'm doing, if I'm launching a video that day, cause then I have to like do YouTube and blah, blah, blah. Makes sense. Okay. So, um, another question, which I liked, which was, you know, do you have brand deals? Um, and which I know you've talked a little bit already. So the the answer is obviously yes, but do you have brand deals? And more importantly, you know, do do they actually make you money? Do they die? Like, are they profitable? Are they worth going into? 100%. They definitely are. I mean, look, here's the thing at the end of the day, like, you know, 
you do what makes sense to you. Like I've had like this past week, for example, like I've had people like reach out like, Hey, like support our like CBD store and this and that. And it's like, that's fine. That's like just not part of my brand. And it would be really, now it'd be one thing if it would be one thing if, even though it doesn't make sense under the travel umbrella, but it's something I'm just genuinely interested in, then that's a different then that's a different sort of um, way to approach the brand deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely get them. I do make a, I, I make a good amount of money off of them, but, but also not all brand deals are the same. There are companies I work with and I do stuff for free for them. I mean, a friend of mine, for example, uh, you might even see this in one of my posts in the coming weeks. She's a friend. She is actually a legit friend of mine. And she started an all natural deodorant company. And so she'll send me like a, a thing of all natural deodorant. And like, I'll talk about it and I'll share it because like, there are benefits to it. And I do believe and that's what friends do. Friend, like, we're all here to support each other and help each other. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's part of this interview too, right? Like, as I would consider you a friend and Hey, like this is yeah. as much as this is great content and great information. I know my audience is pulling a ton of value. Um, there's a, a lot of people I probably could have reached out to my audience to talk about Instagram, but I wanted you specifically because you're one of my friends and this helps you and this helps me. So it's a win-win for both of us. Totally. It's a, it, it is a win-win. And so I guess, the, the, sh the short answer, because I'm not really good at brevity, apparently. Uh, the short answer is- You're not. You're not. I'll tell you for you. <laughs> just kidding. Just what? kidding. Look. Anyway, um, this interview wouldn't be excited if I just answered yes and no for this the record. This is true. This for is true. the record. So the, the, here, here's the, the key, and I think that maybe this is where the question was kind of going at with brand deals, is, is that, because um, I think people start to question authenticity when they start to see too many brand deals. And I think that's the whole thing is, is that, you know, you have to make a business, you have to have a, make a living and there has to be a business. And just like, I mean, that would be like saying to a real estate agent that it's like, oh, well, I don't trust you to sell this house to me because you're going to make a commission off of it. Oh, really? <laughs> like this right. is how the business works, you know? So there, there's parts of it. Now, the key to being a good business person is to have it come from an authentic place. Like just as you're not going to go try and convince somebody to buy a house that is not what they want and doesn't fit the requirements of what they're looking for and you're pushing it, just as you wouldn't do that because like that doesn't make you a good it doesn't make you a good business person. The same goes for this. And so that we naturally have to um you know, kind of check ourselves to be like, okay, this makes sense. Oh, this is fun. This is cool. And, and oftentimes what I find is like, there was a, there's a period of time that I was like, man, I don't have a nice suitcase. And I'm like, I can't be like in the travel space and have a shitty suitcase. Like this is really <laughs> bad. And I was like, well, hopefully I was like, but then at the same time, I was like, I feel kind of lame buying a suitcase. Like I shouldn't have to buy travel accessories anymore. Like right. I've come to this point in my life. I shouldn't have to buy travel accessories. And the next thing you know, two days later, I get an email and they're like, Hey, we want to do a suitcase like partnership with you. And I'm like, perfect. Deal. Cool. So, so do, did most of your brand deals come out from you reaching out at a certain point when you felt like you had something or did they come to you? Um, almost, uh, I am so busy that, it's like 95% of my brand deals, 99% of my brand deals come from them reaching out to me. Cool. Um, and I purposely wanted to create more space in my schedule so that I could have time for outreach because when I stop and I think about it, I'm like, cool, I've done like, I've had this amount of success 
with just them finding me. Imagine if I took that extra time uh, to reach out to other people. So, and then this is where it comes to like when you're building any business, figure, figuring out what to delegate and what to take off your plate because you know it takes so much to keep the machine going that like after a certain point, you're like, I can't do anything else. So that's why you have to take some things off of your plate so that you can really put in the effort to um, constructively grow your business. And so that's the, the same thing with that. Totally makes sense. I get that. So last question, because uh, I know we're approaching the, the end of this uh, this time, although I literally could probably go on for like another hour. I have we like could talk for hours and we have talked for hours. And we have talked for hours, um, which is why I know Beverly is not your thing because sometimes it's not my thing either, which is hence why we sit down for like three hours. And we're like, wait, it's been three hours. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, okay. So have you used, I mean, what sort of, I guess, Two, two part question. One, have you used any sort of bots or anything like that? Would you recommend those if there are any? Or number two is um, what other apps um, are you using in conjunction with your Instagram to help you get the most out of Instagram? Uh, okay, so uh, for those that are looking to plan, I use um, their content. I use a, a app called Plan, P-L-A-N-N, but there's also Planly. there's also Later. Uh, choose whichever one you feel more comfortable with. It doesn't matter. Um, I just happen to use Plan just because I stumbled upon it. Um, but do whatever works for you. So that for me has been super, super helpful because then you can save hashtags. You can get an idea for what things look like in your grid. And specifically, again, when it comes to Instagram, you have to keep in mind that you have to keep not only your content consistent, but you have to keep the quality up. It's a visual platform. Like you can't serve like shitty images and expect it to do well. Oops. As my thing goes, ding. That's my reminder, by the way, to post again on Twitter today. Um, Cause you saw reminders help. That's, now, that's that perfect. Reminders help just like that. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, this is, this is what we do. Um, so now then to answer the first part of your question, uh, so we're, we're, I personally think we're kind of past the day and age of bots per se. Um, definitely at the beginning, did I do a follow and unfollow? Did I have that system? I did. Um, am I proud of it? No, no. But at the same time, I viewed it as, as far as like follow and follow. It's, it's just a different marketing tool. I wasn't paying these people to follow me. I wasn't like making, you know, they're not fake people. It was just like, it was a different way of like getting on their radar. You know, in essence, it was like a different way of being a billboard, you know? I mean, you can break it down in different ways, but for me, I saw it simply, it's a marketing tool. I didn't force them to follow me. I followed them. I got on their radar. They're like, oh, she looks cool. They started following back. At some point they might unfollow whatever. So that, and, but, and by the way, real quick, this, this is interesting. I noticed, cause I was doing, I did the follow and follow for a while as well. I've actually noticed, um, in the last two months, I've made a much more concerted effort in the last two months to really focus on my Instagram. I've lost probably about a thousand followers. Most of those were the follow and follow. Now I've gained other ones that actually are more legitimate, but it's interesting that like, yeah, I had them. So my number looked good, but really when I started doing content, like actually posting content instead of just once in a while here or there, they were like, nah, bye, peace. And I'm like, good. Get out of here. I don't want you anyways. It's fine. And that's the whole thing is, is I think we've really come past this time where it's like, just focus on that vanity number and that it really is the quality. So yes, I used, I used that, um, that, I mean, that was really kind of like my primary 
way of growing. There are other like hacks, like right. But but by the way, because because Instagram is evolving so and changing so much that like I wouldn't nece- I wouldn't recommend that now just because they've changed the numbers and the algorithm on that. That like if you do that aggressively, you can get your uh, your account temporarily, whether suspended or at least have certain features locked for you for and, and best case scenario sometimes they might even just shut you down totally which i have seen happen unfortunately exactly i've seen that happen as well too but generally speaking look you if if you would be doing that you would want that to mimic the amount of time and effort that you are on your platform so if you don't post ever and then you have this like bot thing running in the background that flags instagram to be like this doesn't make sense but for me i was genuinely on instagram all the time doing posts and this and that the extra work that the bots were doing um at that point well bots i mean it wasn't bot, but you know what i mean like yeah. as far as like the follow and follow um, that it, it made sense for the amount of time that I was on Instagram. Now, that being said, I've never used, I personally don't like them. I hate them. When I get messages from people that it's clearly a bot that's like, Hey, Sarah Dandeshi, ha- ask, ask a concert, whatever that it's like, it sends you a message. I don't, I don't believe in those. Um, right now there's a current bot that I definitely don't participate in and it drives me up the wall that will answer people's questions in their stories but not answer it just like you come up with a pre decided thing and it just yeah, preset you know, answer and it just yeah. submits it for you. Yeah. And it's so like, you know, you want to be smart. It's easy on. to tell that stuff though. It's so easy. Like if you are like, once you get an Instagram just a little bit, you'll, you'll see that stuff real quick. Who, who the real folks are, who the real, you know, and, and exactly. So, I mean, so just be very mindful in doing that just because, you know, Instagram has just, they've changed everything and there's just a lot of things that they're just cracking down on. And, but if you're kind of coming, but at the same time, growth is hard. I, I growth is really hard. And especially now because the platform is so inundated and so flooded to like cut through in essence, the noise, it is really hard. So that's why you have seen some people jump from Instagram to platforms like TikTok to platforms like LinkedIn, because the algorithm is still very favorable to those people that are creating content because not as many people are creating content. They might be on there. More people are consuming than they are creating. Whereas on Instagram, it's probably more people are creating than they are consuming. So if you just even understand that ratio, it makes sense. Now, it's not to say that it's, that you'll never grow. You just have to be smarter and just understand understand the landscape that you're playing in. Totally makes sense. Well, uh, I know this, this, is, this has been a fantastic conversation. Yes. I truly appreciate having you on every time. Anytime I had to talk to you, it's always, uh, always been a great conversation. So thank you so much for being here, for sharing your wisdom. I have a feeling we'll probably do another call at some point, maybe dive into some more, more uh, advanced stuff just because your wealth of knowledge is awesome. And truly, thank you for being on. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Bob. And thanks to everybody for, for tuning in and listening. And yeah, we can totally dive in on more of the nitty gritty in the future. I'd love to. So thank you all for being on. As always, make sure you subscribe, rate, review. If you're on YouTube, leave a comment. If you're on iTunes, whatever other platform, doesn't matter. Just let me know that you're there and that you're getting this stuff and that you like it. If you want to know more about uh, Sarah, where can they find you at? Ah, uh, so you can find me, well, my website, it, my website is askaconcierge.tv. And then you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, 
Facebook, even YouTube as Ask a Concierge. So A-S-K-A-C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E because that's a tricky word. Always <laughs> <laughs> know uh, that's a whole other conversation for that. We're not even going to go there. Um, but seriously, thank you so much for being on. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you on another episode real soon. This podcast is sponsored by 3 Degrees Consulting. If you need funnels, websites, paid ads management, or help with any of your digital marketing, 3 Degrees Consulting is your go-to source for everything. Check them out at www.go3dc.com. That's G-O, the number three, D is in degrees, C is in consulting.com. Go check them out right now.